Mind Your Subconscious is the podcast that provides you with tips, tools, and perspectives that you need to turn your wildest dreams into reality. We believe that the key to your dreams lies in your subconscious, but we also know that not everything works for everyone. That is why we provide you with a variety of modalities you can use to get rid of your subconscious limiting beliefs so you can make your dreams come true. Your host is hypnotherapist Jennifer Schluter, who quit her job to travel the world while working online in 2016 after her first hypnosis session. Now she helps people to get rid of whatever is holding them back from standing in their true purpose and speaking their truth so that they can live up to their fullest potential while getting paid for it. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mind Your Subconscious. Can you imagine that you have a degree or you studied or whatever and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know what, I'm going to get paid to cuddle strangers. Or can you imagine that strangers are coming to you because they want to be cuddled? And can you imagine getting paid for that? <laughs> how, how amazing is that? So this week I interviewed Jean Franzblau, who is the founder of Cuddle Sanctuary Los Angeles who has been making people feel absolutely amazing by simply cuddling and who has seen amazing results that we're also going to talk about in this episode. But what we're also going to talk about is how cuddling was before COVID, how it is now, how you can get a certified cuddler and what it ne what it takes to become a certified cuddler and also what she has had to change now that COVID is going on. Please welcome Jean Franzblau. It's been an amazing interview and have a great rest of your week. Hello, everybody. Today I'm here with Jean. Jean, hello. And how are you? Wonderful. Thanks so, so much for having me here. It's the highlight of my morning. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love to hear that. Um, can you tell us what it is that you do with the subconscious? Sure. I'm the founder of Cuddle Sanctuary. So I'm a touch positive and hug positive human being. Um, helping others to connect with others. And I do that by teaching about consent and boundaries and talking about the wellness benefits of human connection. And so how that connects to the subconscious is, I'll just speak from my own experience that when I receive kind, loving, affectionate, soothing touch, where I feel safe and held with no expectation. So there's no expectation of, of what's next or reward or, or sexual, whatever, if all of that is removed and it's just, I'm being held for the sake of being held. There's something very deep and healing that happens uh, to the inner self, to the subconscious self. I believe it's a sense that, um, that all is well, but also that I matter and that I'm valued. And I think that core piece of information is so critical for I'll speak for myself, for me, but I'm imagining for a lot of people to have that basic level of wellness in the world, knowing that we matter. And it's such a simple thing to cuddle, right? It's, it's so simple and it will give you um, lots of great benefits. And so let me know, yeah, first let us know about all the benefits that um, people are experiencing when they're getting cuddled. Um, Tell us first what it is that you do with the Cuddle Sanctuary so they get an overview and then the benefits. <laughs> sure. So Cuddle Sanctuary offers events, 
one-on-one -on -one services, training, and then online resources. So when I say events, that is bringing a group of people together, possibly people who've never even met before, and creating an environment where they can be safe to feel their most authentic and be their most authentic and best selves, and even to teach boundaries and consent uh, lessons so that people can ask for and say no to or yes to offers of touch that might feel good. So that so cuddling could simply be sharing um, a hug. It could be holding hands. Most people, when they think of cuddling, think of spooning. You know what I mean? Like two people lying down, curled up together. That's a beautiful and I would say advanced posture. But what I'm talking about is the simple, soothing human presence of physical connection. It could be quite simple, like sitting side by side. So those are the events. Our one-on-one -on -one services um, is that I work with and my colleagues and people who've trained with me work one-on-one -on -one with clients, usually in sessions that last an hour, uh, to exchange soothing touch if that's what's wanted. Now I say if that's what's wanted because there are many different people with that and many different needs relating to touch. And for some people who are overcoming trauma, their need for touch is to simply know that if they say no, they will be respected. So a cuddle session doesn't necessarily mean two people are glommed on the whole time, but it could. Sometimes it can also mean practicing boundaries and practicing trust or practicing communication skills around touch. In terms of training, um, we certify people who want to get on board and become a part of this uh, emerging wellness practice at the beginning stages. People who have a lot of love in their heart and who love to give hugs and receive hugs. Usually those are our, you know, the people who find Cuddle Sanctuary and want some training. And then online resources are for people. I'm based in Los Angeles and sometimes I get calls and emails from people across the world wanting support around human touch. And so because I can't yet get to everybody, we've created some resources to help people right away that they can just get online. Um, now, to you, you had the other question about the benefits. Would you like me to do that now? Yes. Okay. I really enjoy talking about the benefits because I had no idea that hugs and cuddling was actually a wellness and health hack. Uh, what, what touch can do if both people are feeling safe, and that's a really important part. If both people are feeling safe, after a certain amount of time, the body naturally gives a boost of oxytocin. Oxytocin is a peptide hormone found in mammals, so dogs and cats feel it, horses feel it, when we are together and feeling safe. So what oxytocin does in the human bloodstream when it's released naturally it gives us an emotional feeling of connection and safety and wellness. So it's frankly, it's a little, it's a bit blissful. But the health benefits, the physiological benefits include improved heart health, specifically a lower in cardiovascular disease. Um, but it also boosts the immune system. Now in days like now, when everyone is concerned about their health, we could all use a boost in the immune system. And isn't it interesting and almost paradoxical that hugs can do it? Um, another fantastic benefit that I got the first time I attended an event with cuddling was I slept so deeply. It helps us rest more deeply. So these are also great. There might even be another one. And if I think of it, I'll tell you. But isn't that a great bouquet of health goodness? 100%. And I'm sure we get to many more as we um, move on with this interview also. <laughs> and so you also said now during COVID time, so 
do you actually still have people cuddling or um, what did you have to change around that? Yeah, that's a great question. So immediately in mid-March of 2020, uh, California's law was changed and adjusted uh, so that we were basically shut, shut down and, and that was an appropriate move. So I have not given a live event nor worked with a client one-on-one -on -one in person since then. So, well, what can be done? Well, I've done experiments with online one-on-one -on -one sessions with fantastic results. Um, people, like I, I actually recorded one with the permission of the client. He kindly allowed us, it was a 70-minute session. I actually put it on YouTube for people because it's a bit astounding how two people, one in New York and one in Los Angeles, could connect and create calm and soothing experiences so that he, the client, had a burst of creativity and a burst of self-love happen after the session. He spent the hours afterward cleaning up his home. He, he was shocked how good he felt. And, and so what we're using are technologies like eye contact, which can be done with tender, loving care through the camera, recall of soothing memories, but also breathing together can help in many other interesting things that we can try if two people are willing to experiment that can create a boost of oxytocin from far, far away. We also offered lots of we offered lots of events that were online to help our community stay bonded and we still have events happening and coming up that is beautiful to hear thank you so much for sharing that because i was also i was wondering but all these techniques sounds very uh, sound very powerful so i'm glad that they're still that you're still able to continue to do a little bit at least or, or a lot at the same time <laughs> just, just to clarify you know what I've described was what can be done and what I have done with some clients but there is a, a reticence there was a resistance to trying it out because I think people are I'll speak for myself because I'm feeling it too there's a sense of grieving and it's like if I can't have the real thing if I can't have the human contact the in-person touch then I don't even want to try. So I think there's a certain sense of despair that some folks are feeling in, in, in that they're not reaching out as they could. So long story short, I could be busier and I could be working a lot more. So it is a time of real reckoning for my practice and a time to really consider what's next and what's gonna happen with this wellness practice that it required, you know, human contact in order to thrive. So how was that for you? That must have been really hard because you've been really cuddling and, and um, enjoying human touch like pretty much every day, right? And so from now, from you went from 100 to zero, basically. You know, thanks for asking that. Do you know how there are people in the world who work really well in a crisis? Where they're like, now I feel like I'm at my best because I can handle things. The, the truth is, is that at first, because it was so new, there was so much to consider. It was just all like just keeping it ahead of the next thing. You know, it was all very interesting and dramatic. So it didn't hit me much at first. Um, but it did as the months drew on. What I'm lucky to be able to say and what I'm recommending to others is that from the very beginning, I have had a COVID safe, well, maybe people call it a quarantine, 
I call it a germicule. So there have been people that I have, there have are basically two individuals that I see most often that I'm able to hug and connect with and hold and take naps with, you know what I mean? I have my people um, because we're following very careful COVID safe guidelines and commitments to each other about how we're taking care of our health. Not everybody has that. That's why I created an online class called Find a COVID Safe Cuddle Buddy. Um, in England and New Zealand, and probably other countries are starting to get on board with this. The actual government is suggesting that people find their pod so that they can have human contact with their carefully selected pod because of the emotional suffering that people are doing being separate from each other. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I would also love to um, put the link um, in the podcast notes. So maybe you can send that to me after so sure. that we can share it with people because I know a lot of people are out there who maybe have not the chance, who may be in a, living in a different country and you, who may not have the chance to have any human touch. So that would be great. Yeah. Um, okay, let's switch to a more positive subject okay. now and let me know how you got into cuddling. <laughs> Sure. You know, some people come to this work because they saw a video about cuddling and they're like, I have always wanted to give to people. I have such a big heart and I just want to give and hug everybody and hug the world. That actually wasn't my beginning. My beginning was the need for my own wellness. So let me give you a sense of it. I was traveling a lot as a corporate trainer, I was a teacher in companies, I still do that work, and I was going from city to city to city. Glamorous, it might seem at first, it also became quite lonely. So I was on a flight, flipping through a magazine, and I saw a picture of people, platon they were in pajamas, platonically cuddling together, adults sweetly, being just sweet and kind with each other, and I had a sense of longing. I kept looking in Los Angeles for events like that. And when I finally found one, and it took a few years actually, I was amazed at how much better I felt, that sense of connection and wellness, how much better I slept, like I mentioned earlier. And I woke up and I was like, oh, just happy. Usually I would wake up and feel anxious. But that morning I woke up and I'm like, all is well in my world. I had no idea that I had oxytocin running through my veins. I just knew I felt better. So I attended a few more of those events and because I'm really good at organizing events, I started to put on my own. And I did that for a, at least a year and a half before I actually opened up Cuddle Sanctuary and began offering these services to the public. So, so I, it was like, I, I really came from the client perspective. Like I needed these things. I was amazed by these things. And I'm like, more people need these things. So I empower others to do this, to get the benefits of this, even though it might sound weird at first. And then also to be professionals at it and to sort of spread the practice and make it a, a truly thriving industry. How are you a professional cuddler? What do you have to know? Great question. Um, people laugh a lot. I see the comments whenever there's a video out and about about professional cuddling. They're like, are you joking? Why did I even go to college? Uh, I could just lay around and be paid for it. It's hilarious. So, it, And it's a bit frustrating for those of us who do the work professionally because one has to be an incredible listener, uh, able to handle and hold with kindness and compassion, 
pains of other people, emotional pain and woundedness, to be able to sit with somebody who's crying without trying to fix them. So there's a lot of emotional intelligence and compassion and emotional labor that goes into this work. Also, there's a, a need for skillful boundary setting. Because people can confuse these services for erotic or sensual services, and I have no judgment at all over any of those other services, but because there can be confusion about what these services are and are not, that they're platonic and not sexual, that takes being able to have very candid conversations and respectful conversations with clients. Some clients think they want a professional cuddling session, but what they need is a sex worker. And if they're not able to, to identify that in themselves, this can create an uncomfortable or even dangerous situation for a professional cuddler. Do you know what I mean by that? If somebody has so much shame around their sexuality and, and will only allow themselves a cuddler, but will try to maybe turn it into something else. I mean, this is rare and my practice does not happen at all. And it's because I'm, people know what my services are. I'm all on the internet, I'm all out there. But for folks who are new to the practice, this needs to be clear so that you can be safe and your clients are getting the services that they are hoping for or you part ways because it's not a good match. So skillful communication skills are needed. And then another aspect of it is the expertise of knowing what cuddle position would provide what experience for that client. What body type might need a specific cuddle position versus another one. So it's fitting bodies together. It's also, do you want to be comforted or to give comfort? What about caressing? So there's so much to know in terms of the skill. You might consider it a combination between a social worker and a massage therapist. Does that make sense? Does that at least give a sense that there's craft to it? 100%. Absolutely. I totally understand. So what I would like to know is um, what cuddle positions are good for people. Maybe some people can do it at home with, you know, now the people that they can find. Like so many, so many. And so there, there's 10 of them that I feature in an online class because I'm hoping people would have that question. But I'm going to tell you about them, but I want you to know that we have lots of videos and an online class called, uh, it's, it's, a, it's for, it's like, it's as if it's for professional cuddlers. It's like learn these positions, you know, with pros. Anyway, one favorite is called baby bear. And if you can imagine Uh, one person sitting, their back is against the wall. This is their back and their legs are out in front. And then somebody else is sitting in front of them and their back, their back is against the other person's belly. Do you see how much trust that would take between two people? The person in the back can, can with consent, wrap their arms around the person in front of them, give them a squeeze with all of their limbs if that's what's wanted. Some people love to be squeezed, can play with their hair. So nice. So that's a favorite. And some people love to be in the front. And some people love to be in the back. We call that like the mama bear or the papa bear or the baby bear, but you get the idea. A simpler, uh, less advanced position, I like to call stargazing. And that is simply lying on my back, maybe with a pillow over my head. I feel so comfortable. And then somebody else is next to me, lying on their back as if we're camping and looking up at the heavens, and maybe we're holding hands, or maybe we're, we're linking our arms together as we lie there, 
we're sharing conversation. So it's just a little bit of touch. But in this reclined, peaceful position, it's, it's really great for folks who are new to the practice. Beautiful. And how did you come up with um, these? Was it just practice on your own experience uh, during events? Or did you practice with your clients? Or I have to give first huge credit goes to who goes to the person who I think is the premier expert and initial pioneer of cuddle positions. It's my friend, Sam Heff, who runs a business called Cuddle Up To Me in Portland, Oregon. And it's a retail business where you can actually come and go through a door, you know, like walk through the door and get an interview and actually have a session in an adorably or, or adorably decorated room with a professional cuddler. Anyway, I studied with Samantha and learned lots of cuddle positions from her. Then our events, we were having events weekly for a couple of years, we were in, we've been in business for over five years. And so what naturally would happen is attendees would be in gleeful fun with each other, They'd be just having fun with each other, and they would come up with positions together, and then we would name them. Beautiful, so, I love it. Really fun, really, really fun. So there's lots of cute names like the mouse, koala, Tetris. There's one that I do that nobody else tends to like called the pretzel. Anyway, uh, anyway, you get the idea that you can have a lot of fun with this. And I encourage people to make their own names up, you know, have fun with it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so how, what do you do to keep it safe? For example, me as a woman, if a man would come in and would want a cuddle session, then how do you make that safe? Yeah, so this is a really such a critical point. I really appreciate that you didn't generalize it. Like, how does everybody feel safe? We're in a patriarchal culture where women are, um, by statistics, apt to have an experience of sexual assault in her lifetime. So given that that's a truth, how do we keep it safe for everybody, particularly women, but everyone? And the answer is that people cannot attend our events unless they come to orientation. And they'd have to come to these live orientations twice. And if, for whatever reason, the event leader is concerned about an individual, even if they've come to the orientation, and it, has a, it gets a sense like they, they know the rules, but I have, have a feeling they're not gonna honor those rules by body language, by how they're interacting in the room, they don't get to come. How are these people trained? I wonder. Is it their intuition? Is it is it people who are who can read body language? How are they trained? All right. So before we get to that, I just want to explain that at the orientation, this is when we talk about the secret sauce and the etiquette of these events. One important one that I think will be important for your listeners to know, it's such a good one for me in general, is called the ask and wait method. That if I want wanted to, you know, Jennifer, I wanted to like hold your hand. I could have that desire. It's a wonderful desire to have, but I don't get to. Instead, I say, Jennifer, is it okay if I hold your hand? And I don't gesture towards your hand, adding that extra pressure. It's hard enough to be asked and to have to actually decide. And so what I would welcome you to do is to take a moment with yourself, even if it feels awkward to take that pause and say, um, no, thank you. Or sure. But if you're a maybe, usually a maybe is a no that just feels too polite to come out. So if you're a maybe, just go with the no. So we train every attendee to know how to ask, to know how to keep body language neutral, 
and to know how to and know that their yeses and no's will be respected and honored, which means we all need to learn how to, how to receive a no. And we all need to learn how to say no. Only through that kind of skillful boundary setting can anybody truly relax in somebody's arms and feel safe. So having said that, you asked this question of how are event leaders trained? Well, before the pandemic, they could come to a three-day certification program. In other words, through skillful facilitation techniques, <laughs> you know, and, um, and so it's a three-day in-person, hands-on, deep dive into the practice. So I know that, you know, it's true. Some people might have a native skill at setting boundaries and, and helping others to do so. I, I knew that I could do that. That's why I started to lead events myself. But asking a bunch of people, hey, let's get together and all just cuddle with each other and have absolutely no boundaries or clarity can create situations where people feel social pressure to say yes when they're feeling no. And so I'm gonna recommend that unless you have a real keen sense of communication with your team, that it's possible that some skillful facilitation may be needed. And I do have a free webinar on YouTube called Consent Techniques for Group Events so that people can perhaps watch that and go, okay, I think I know how I can craft my own experience with my friends so that everybody truly feels honored and safe. Mm, amazing. I'm passionate about it because I don't know about you, but I've been touched without consent throughout my lifetime. For sure. I keep people putting a hand on my leg. Mm-hmm. And when I say, hey, what's up with that? Oh, how dare you suggest, you know, like, oof, it makes me furious. So I can't be generous with my hugs and love unless I have extraordinarily good boundaries. And this is what we teach. Yes, absolutely. And so what happens, um, let's again, let's say I am the person who's going to cuddle another person. And I don't know how they're matched. The cuddler and the person who wants to be cuddled, how are they matched so that maybe you know, maybe I don't feel the other person's energy. Maybe I don't feel their vibe. Maybe they smell, maybe, you know, like a body odor. Like what, how do you, how do you do that? Right. First and foremost, we might be talking about two different things. So first I'm going to say, if you are a, somebody who wants a one-on-one experience with a professional, the first thing you do is be a good consumer. Pour over profiles, look at pictures, see who's, you know, who has training, So be a good consumer. You're hiring somebody with skills. So let's make sure that they have made an investment in training in themselves and their skills. And maybe that what they say is in harmony with you. Now, uh, if you're going to actually go, you know, any good professional cuddler or any skilled professional cuddler is going to have a phone conversation or a video conversation with you before both of you decide whether it's a good match. So before you put your money into it, And before that professional actually allows you in their physical space, which is a safety issue, the two of you have to feel like it's a good match. One way for the professional cuddlers, at least I, require uh, ID identification. I don't cuddle with strangers. I cuddle with people who are willing to be known. I also use a safety buddy, a person who knows I'm in session, who I'm in session with, and when that session will be over. So, you know. In terms of you, you're talking sort of about the client side. How do I know it's going to be a good match? Well, you can look at that picture. You can read their profile. You can see their training. You can have a phone conversation, and it's still possible that it won't feel like a happy match. So here's some important points. Number one, you can leave your cuddle session at any time for any reason. 
just as you can with a massage therapy session. Like if something's not feeling right, you need to say something. So that's what I'm going to recommend. If you're going to make that, you're going to make that leap and have that session, you're always welcome to say, this isn't what I thought. I'm going to go now. Thank you. And split. Now at events, if that, if you're wondering about events, you're not paired with somebody the whole event. It's actually a chance for you to meet lots of people in the community and also to choose whether you want to do a non-touch activity or an activity with some kind of touch, knowing you can change your mind at any time because that's one of our guidelines. So I'm hoping that helps you as you envision attending an event like that, that you are at choice at every moment to decide what feels right for you. Now, in terms of <laughs> have to mention hygiene, as it relates to body odor, has it ever happened that somebody has attended an event and had body odor? Yes, me as an event leader, that is part of my job is I need to be able to have candid conversations with people about their hygiene. Has it ever happened that I have had a one-on-one -on -one cuddling session with a client and they had awful breath? It has happened and it's my job, even though I give guidelines and suggest, hey, minty, be squeaky clean and minty fresh before you have a session, I will do the same. Still, people get comfortable. One person did come with bad breath and it was my job. It's part of my job. Just say, hey, next time, please, a mint. Rinse your mouth out. Oh, I'm so sorry, I had a sandwich before I came to you. <sighs> you know, that's part of the job. And if a professional cuddler isn't willing or able to have these awkward conversations with other human beings about arousal, body odor, all this, then it's not the right field for you. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There's actually now that you're speaking about this, I see so many things to consider and um, it's great to hear about um, you having considered these things yeah. and actually giving people an education about them. That's beautiful. Um, so would you like to tell us about memorable experiences? I'm going to leave it open to you, whatever it is that you want to share, but memorable things, experiences, clients, successes, whatever it is that you want to share. Yeah. Okay. So one experience that came to mind that gave me such joy is there was this period of time when I was leading events and my colleagues and I were leading events for Cuddle Sanctuary where there was this huge burst of creativity that when we got to what we call the Cuddle Laboratory, which is sort of like a sandbox where everyone knows the guidelines, but it's sort of like free time to sort of find your own adventure, that some really creative stuff would happen. Like one time, this guy sort of built up a bunch of pillows. Like they were like, um, they're like sandbag, um, what called Zafu cushions. Anyway, he built them up. He planted himself on the top of them at like a Buddha. And he was like, I will answer your questions. And we just thought it was hilarious. People like sat at his feet and it was just, um, I hope you can sort of get, it was really silly. It was really, really silly. And uh, I remember one time there were somebody, I don't know why there were balloons in the space. Maybe it was a birthday. Maybe it was, who knows, but people were just like popping the, not popping the balloons, but like tossing them around from person to person while cuddling. Silly stuff like that would happen. And I think that only happens when people, like the childish part of a person only comes out when people feel extremely safe. So I take deep pride in these creative, silly, and absurd moments that have happened in our, in the, you know, at these events. <sighs> because we create a safe environment. Yeah, and that I am missing. Now, another one you had mentioned, like you want to hear a few. 
was really moved by an attendee who came to events but seemed really, really sad. You know, just week in and week out, month in and month out. There just seemed to be a, such a heaviness. And one day he contacted me and said, I think I'm ready for a one-on-one -on -one session. So this is a person who'd been attending group events. And from the moment he walked in, he burst into tears. He had so much grief. I mean, so many tears, so much racking sobs. And, and, and we would have sessions, I think, once every two weeks, I think, or once a week. But there was this period of time where it was so much grieving. And the reason this was memorable is that amazingly, he began to, at least from my perspective, what I observed, is the tears began to empty. And his, his grieving, which was about childhood stuff, transitioned to things he was unhappy about in his current life. Like he literally grieved an entire, it seemed like, lifetime of sadness, and then got current. <laughs> and then not long later, he was done. And I was proud of myself to be able to hold it. I, I noticed in one, there was a time when I made an error that I was felt really embarrassed about, which I, the pain that he described was so resonated with me so much that I tried to fix, which is not our job. I just did something that didn't strike him as helpful. I was like, here, take this thing. Maybe it'll help you feel better. You know, I was just, I just lost myself for a moment. He forgave me, I believe. Um, but the idea of being part of somebody's sacred grieving process and to be trusted with that is something I'll never forget. Maybe your listeners will think, my God, she's so dark. <laughs> but um, my therapist tells me that in order to reach the highest joys, I need to be willing to teach and touch, maybe teach about touching, <laughs> the deepest of depths in the human experience. Absolutely. And I also love that you mentioned that it is not your job or anybody's job to, to fix people. Mm -hmm. um, I think that holding space is, is so important. And I think the cuddling ses sessions probably give really a great space for that. So that's incredible. That's amazing. You know, one of my colleagues said that she started working with a man And they were just doing just lots of holding and touching and loving. And even though they were not doing anything regarding nutrition or health, specifically like weight, because he was overweight, according to his body type, he began to melt pounds off his body. And I see you're, you're nodding because we're on video right now, uh, that you get that. And that's come straight back to the subconscious. Yes, yes. That was an example to me yeah. that there was something in him that got filled by her love that enabled him to shed stuff, whether it was my colleague, my client and the tears, or her client and the pounds. Who would have known that something as absurd, I'm doing air quotes, as absurd as cuddling Holding space with people while holding them could have such profound effects. 
It's, it's the same. I get to experience the same thing in hypnosis. Like I once worked with a client and we never talked once about her or we never did a session on, on her quitting smoking. And um, she would like consume marijuana every single day. And after all of our sessions, after like 12 sessions, she just, she was like, well, I'd maybe do it once a week socially. That's it. Like we had never worked on this. So it really goes back to the subconscious. And it's so beautiful that we don't even have to always talk about something or talk something through, but something just the love that we probably, the love that we receive from, from somebody else that can hold space for us, that is able to, to allow us to grieve or express us ourselves. That's probably what does it. And that still touches our subconscious. You know what um, really struck me that like, I I feel like is an important to say, because a person listening might say, wait a minute, why would you say a professional cuddler is giving love? Like they're not your relative, they're not your spouse. How dare you suggest that you're gonna take money from somebody and give them love? And, And what I wanna offer to folks who have that concern or worry or disbelief is something that I'm going to quote my friend, friend Sam Hess again. She said, my love is free. It's my time that you're paying for. Mm. Doesn't that say it all? Yes. Yeah. I love it. And thank you for sharing that. That was really important as well. So now I want to leave it up to you. If you have anything else that you wanted to share that we didn't touch on. Yes. I I just want to uh, send my love out to folks who might be feeling isolated and alone. Um, I have touched on my own despair in the past few weeks. It's extremely painful. And it occurs to me how secret one can be about how bad one feels. And so if that's you, if you're struggling, please know that you're not alone and that even those who don't know you, because I don't know you, I don't know your name, but I care about you and I want you to feel well. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, And I'm sure the listeners now will too. So what is next for you, Um, especially right now in these times, but also once things open again, like what is next for you? Yeah, so um, I believe there's going to be a surge in need for professional cuddling when the pandemic gets, when, when there's a handle on this pandemic. And so what I'm doing in the quiet moments is preparing infrastructure to make sure that if there's a pow, if there's a big boom, in this industry that I'll feel ready. So now I have an online certification program and online training along with webinars that are ready to go for people who want to learn about it now. So that's, that's what I've been focusing on. Um, And also I I do want to say that my organization Cuddle Sanctuary and me personally have been going through a, a deep, deep transformation relating to an understanding of race in, in America, in the United States, and my understanding it in a way I haven't understood it before as a woman with white privilege. And so I'm transforming Cuddle Sanctuary into being an anti-racist organization. I've brought on a consultant, a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant to work with me every two weeks to make sure that we're doing the right thing by sharing um, and amplifying talented black wellness professionals to embedding Um, uh, racial equity practices in our training along with other things as well. So that feels like a really important thing to mention. 
Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I was going to ask, are you, um, will you translate your trainings perhaps um, into other languages? That's a great question. There has not been enough demand. So I will say that, like, I love what you're saying. And the, the English speaking world hasn't yet even embraced this practice. For most people, this is absolutely fringe. But are you kidding? If there was a, if there was a need for a Spanish speaking, German speaking, um, uh, uh, every other language speaking, a version of this, oh my God, it would be a thrill. It would mean that Cuddle Sanctuary has franchised to be a national and even an international organization. Thumbs up to that. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Because <laughs> um, actually, um, my mom's husband, he was here before, and he was just like, what? Who you're interviewing who? She does cuddling professionally? And just like what you said in the beginning, he was like, I studied so hard. <laughs> and now that I hear what she's saying and the job that she has would be so amazing. So I, just, it's, I think it's just a matter of time <laughs> for the acceptance so. also to come. And, um, so how can our audience find you? What's the best way to connect with you? You can easily find us at cuddlesanctuary.com. On Facebook, we're at Cuddle Sanctuary, Instagram, and also Twitter. So you can find us in all of the places and um, blogging regularly in all of the places. So it would just be an absolute honor to have you part of our community. We've got free lessons that you can tap into if you go to cuddlesanctuary.com. You can go to the store and you can see all of the offerings right there. I love it. Thank you so much, Jean. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing your wisdom, and for sharing cuddling more, uh, sharing cuddling more with the world. I'm really excited to be able to publish this, um, this episode. Thank you. I love saying, um, feel good, laugh more, and cuddle often. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> love this episode of Mind Your Subconscious? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening. It's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Catch our next episode every Monday.